What happens when you are a self-proclaimed sci-fi geek, but your wife hates anything sci-fi? Well, you start a podcast and make her watch sci-fi and talk about it. This is My Wife Hates Sci-Fi. Hey, everybody. Thank you for watching, or thank you for listening, actually. If you are finding this podcast, thank you so much for tuning in to our very first episode of My Wife Hates Sci-Fi. That's right. I am a self-proclaimed geek, and uh, I love all things sci-fi. My wife, on the other hand, doesn't. And uh, we uh, are struggling with our cat right now here. But uh, thank you again, guys. At least he's real. He's not sci-fi. Right. Sci-fi cat. Well, we haven't gotten to that movie yet. But uh, tonight (laughs) tonight, uh, is uh, our first night on this uh, brand new podcast, My Wife Hates Sci-Fi. I'll say say it one more time. um, And I do. Uh, my name is Ro, uh, self-proclaimed geek, and my wife is right here. Jeannie. And uh, you don't like sci-fi, right? I don't like it. I don't watch it. I've never really watched it. I saw E.T. as a child. <laughs> why, why do you laugh at that? Is it not know. sci-fi? And it's, yeah, and it's funny, too, because, you know, it, it, it all falls under the geek category you know, sci-fi, you got fantasy, you got, uh, you know, X-Files, but uh, I, I always make fun of you because you have uh, in your, um, oh, hello, Katty, kitty, kitty, uh, in your early days, you did watch uh, The Twilight Zone, which is kind of, you know, sci-fi-ish. It's got yeah, some elements. Yeah, but oh my God. I mean, you can't make a comparison at all. Sure, sure. It's, uh, we'll get into that. We'll get into that later. You're right. I love Loved that. Um, Twilight Zone was one of my favorites, and so was... um, Dark Shadows. Dark Shadows, but that's not really sci-fi, but uh, Martian... um, Chronicles? No. no, My favorite Martian? Yeah, loved that, too. That's a comedy, but okay. Okay. (laughs) But, I mean, we're talking... We're talking some really crazy stuff that you watch that I... I, I can't get into it at all. And let me uh, clue you guys in. Um, our first movie uh, kind of uh, dipped her toes into the fire, really, literally. Uh, we watched. Uh, we just finished watching Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, a, a Marvel Cinematic Universe film. Uh, didn't start at the beginning. Um, I, you know, I, we had this discussion a while ago. I wanted to kind of ease in, ease into it, but one of the things that I wanted you to do also was kind of enjoy it. Guardians of the Galaxy has a great soundtrack, and you are a music fanatic, obviously. So I wanted to kind of give you at least something to uh, dip your toes in. But okay, uh, wait, wait, wait. Let Let's talk about that for a second. Sure. Yes, I'm a music fanatic, and I worked in the music industry for well over twenty years um, uh, for Virgin Records, Sony. Electra, RCA. I uh, worked with you know Janet Jackson, David Bowie, the Rolling Stones. The list goes on and on and on. So that just you know gives you guys out there an idea of how deep into music I am. So for me, I don't get the connection at all with the music that was played in this film. In fact, I just kept thinking 
somebody who's involved with this film is a 70s fanatic, loves the music, and made this film so that they could throw the music in. <laughs> and uh, obviously, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, directed by James Gunn, and uh, part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's, uh, you know, these are the films that are telling us that it's cool to be geeky. And uh, the music is a big part of it. Uh, when you uh, come across other Marvel films, you'll you'll kind of see. But uh, let's uh, let's get down to some of the notes because I, I was actually I was watching you uh, jot down some notes every so often, and it got me really nervous. I know. I, I could, first I of all, I was I was nervous <laughs> to begin with because. You know, this film is filled with action and sci-fi, you know, situations, and it's it's a very rich visual film. It's got a lot of CGI, a lot of uh, special effects. So I was, whenever that happens, if we're watching anything other than, than stuff like that. I'm when, done. Yeah, you, you just, you tend to walk away, and I'm proud of you for sticking through. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have such a bad headache. <laughs> my head is pounding, and I had to ask you to lower the volume how many times? Yeah, a couple times, but, you know, these are the films that I, you know, I love watching at a volume level of 10. It's, uh, they, you know, it's just stuff like this that pulls you into this alternate, you know, this alternate reality. It's one of the reasons that I love <laughs> You know, movies. It it's an escape for uh, for me. For you, for me, and obviously, you know, you, you the type of movies that you uh, enjoy are uh, you know tell the folks a little bit about that. It's uh, dramas and. Well, yeah, I'm I'm into like really down and dirty dramas where there's you know all kinds of neuroses <laughs> with, <laughs> with families and and um, you know just crazy relationships and um you know real life the real like stuff that really happens and i also i also really love exceptional acting which so far in this first film um was really hard for me sure it, it, it was like um to me, they were just delivering these goofy lines through this th- through this film. So let me ask you this: You talk about uh, relationships in families and neuroses. We had two characters that were sisters that were at each other's throat. Doesn't that count a little bit? Not really, because one of them sliced an arm off, and then that arm grew back. <laughs> That's not real life. Um, you know. Um, Let's uh they let, battled each other right. in these things in the air. Right. No. No. So let's get down to your notes cuz I'm really curious. You said you had 5 pages of notes while I've watching. Got about, um, yeah, which is pretty incredible for me. It really I mean, is. I didn't even maybe 4 pages um <laughs> and some of it this is going to be so goofy. Some of it I mean I just like wrote two words cuz I'm like what the fuck? I don't even, I'm not sure I'm going to even remember when I see the words, what they mean, but we'll go through everything. So I wanted to ask you, uh, I guess your first impression as far as, um, you know, what did, what did you think of the film overall as, as just a movie, as a piece of entertainment? I don't get it at all. What is it that you don't get? You told me, pay attention to the story. You got to pay attention to the story. 
what story? I'm like, who are these people? Who are those people? Who are the, these people? So that tells me that you didn't pay attention to the story. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I tried so hard to pay attention. I tried to stop my brain a hundred times from going into what, you know, what foods we need in the refrigerator to what needs fixing around the house to draw myself back in. Um, I mean, if you want me to just start with the notes, yeah, we let's, can start, let's we start can with start the notes. And, and I, I, I remember, I, I before we started the movie, I did ask you to uh, just forget about the 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 blue people and just kind of concentrate on. <laughs> but then you didn't tell me that there was going to be a green woman. So <laughs> I failed. So to I'm mention like, that, okay, yeah. fine, I'll let the blue people go. But here comes a green woman. <laughs> All right, so what do you got in your notes? Uh, I, like I said, I'm really curious and afraid at the same time. Okay, well, don't be afraid. <laughs> don't be don't be frightened. Well, first of all, since since I'm a music freak and worked in the music business, and you know that's going to be my pet peeve. So when they had the kid listening to um, "I'm Not in Love" by 10CC. <laughs> Um, that was it for me right away because I was like, okay, no kid that age would be listening to this song. Um, and well, let me stop you real fast. Um, those tapes, those mixtapes meant a lot to him. So his mother who was dying right. uh, of cancer is the one that gave it, you know, so the, the tapes, the music meant something to him. Right. But they, but you, they don't convey that in the beginning. For, right? So first you just see the kid with the Walkman on sure. and he's listening to 10cc, I'm Not In Love. And I'm like, huh? That kid's a little young for this song. That's the first thing. But then I'm like, oh, wow, this is a great song. I can't believe they're playing this. Right. Hmm. Does this have something to do with the film? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. What's what, what else you got? Okay. So when I first saw the mom, my initial reaction was, oh, fuck, she's an alien. and this is gonna suck for me right off the bat and then i was like oh wait a second oh my god i feel terrible she has cancer okay um all right calm down relax and you know it was sad um i definitely felt i felt for the kid for sure really bad for the kid um especially when you know he ran out and was upset, and I was starting to get teary-eyed until the spaceship appeared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had you up until the spaceship. And then I was like, God damn it. This is just, it's going to be this throughout the whole thing. I was starting to, like, think about you saying to me, you got to pay attention to the story. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be really sad. This poor kid just lost his alien mother. <laughs> um, and then the spaceship appeared. And then I just thought, you know what, um, I got to sit back and, and enjoy the ride here and, and try and deal with it. <laughs> try to deal with it. And uh, I'm proud of you because you did deal with it. You watched it uh, all the way through. Um, one thing that you have to know about these Marvel films that even after the credits, there are little scenes afterwards which uh, mean something to the overall story of the 22 films that Marvel uh, has produced throughout the years, starting with uh, Tony Stark. I'm sorry, starting with um, Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, Iron Man, the very first uh, Marvel uh, movie. But um, yeah, so what else do you got? 
Wait, so do you mean I'm missing inside jokes or something like that? No, no, no. This oh, okay. has nothing to do with inside jokes. I'm just giving the uh, giving you, I guess, a little background. Okay. Um, you know, again, then, you know, um, a little bit later, not, I mean, actually pretty quickly, they, they were playing come and get your love. And I thought, okay, this is, you know what? I mean, this is, this is my music. I love this music, but, um, what does this have to do with the film? I don't understand at all. And you know, I hate that anyway, when there's, you know, uh, when there's music used that, that doesn't match anything. But then, you know, I, I tried to be okay. I was really upset when he kicked the creatures. <laughs> Star-Lord? Star-Lord. Oh, yeah, that's right. His name is Star-Lord. I mean, it was like Mr. Hotshot coming out and boom, kicking, like, you know, kicking the creatures. They were digital. I know, but see, <laughs> that's the thing about sci-fi. It's like, to me... You know, I'm so used to real stuff in the real world. And even though it's sci-fi and kids are watching this, he's kicking these creatures and killing them. And I'm sure the other thing I'm thinking is, God, if we were in a movie theater right now, I know people would be like, yeah, yeah, you know, while he's doing that. So throughout the film, too, I kept thinking, oh, God, this is totally being done for the audience. This is being done for the audience. And I kept imagining that. So, um that kind of bothered me. And then when he said, um, and again, remember, I just wrote little things down. So some of them I'm going to have to be like, what the, what, the, what the fuck am I trying to do here? Um, when he goes, another name you might know me, know me by. Right. And because the humor is so horrible, I thought he was going to have like a porn star name. <laughs> right. Like they were going to throw in some joke like that. Um I did notice, I did notice um, a troll falling when the spaceship or pod or thingy-majig that he was in was falling to the ground. There was a troll that fell inside of it. Oh, okay. And I yeah. just was like, "Oh, cool, a troll." Um, and as you know, the troll has a significance uh, towards the end of the movie. It's the thing that was put inside the sphere to uh trick um the blue guy i don't remember that at all (laughs) okay all right (laughs) completely don't remember that um again back to the music when they played this the straw the strawberries um um go all the way it all i could think of was how um in high school we all used to love that song, but we used to be like, oh, my God, if our parents knew that we were listening to this song because it says go all the way. Oh, so that was like on my mind for quite a while, and I couldn't, get it, <laughs> I couldn't get it off my mind while I was trying to get back into this surreal, like it was too loud, and it was constant fighting, and there was all this stuff going on. And I'm like, I love this song, and oh, man. We used to be so nervous that we'd get in trouble, and then I tried to pull myself back in to the film. Um, and at this point, I have a note that says, <laughs> already can't figure out who anyone is. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that seems uh, pretty early on, but they do uh, give each character a little bit of an introduction uh, when they appear you know, uh, you know a little bit of who they are. They give them their names. Um, not I sure if couldn't. You were... There's no way I could tell you their names. Absolutely not. 
Um, completely confusing to me. And I mean... Do you know the tree's name? Because he said it... Groot. <laughs> At least you know that. I remember that. And there was one point, too, where there was a can- the camera, like, there was an angle on him, and I was going to go, I am Groot. And then I thought, no, I don't want to, I don't want you to think that I'm into this. So I didn't say anything. <laughs> um, but, um, okay, so I'm like, I don't understand who's who and who's fighting who and what squad is, <laughs> squad. you know, is what. And then the talking raccoon appeared. Okay, that's right. And then I was like, oh, there's always got to be some sort of, you know, an- animated animal. Um, you know, to get the audience going. So that was the next thing that I kind of thought, oh man, this is, let's see how this turns out. Voiced by the wonderful Bradley Cooper. Oh, that was Bradley Cooper? Yep. Oh, wow. He did a good job. And you did mention uh, the fact that that it had a good cast. You were watching the name. Oh, well, in the beginning, I thought I'm going to love this because of the cast. (laughs) But then I kept saying, where's Vin Diesel? Because I thought he would have his shirt off. (laughs) And it was like, no, but there were some shirts off, you know, with some other men. And I thought, well, you know, at least they did that for us females that (laughs) have to mutter through this bullshit. But um, so, okay, then let's see. (laughs) My next my next note is who is lifting these people light beams? So I guess that was uh, in the plaza. When the when Gamora, the green woman, stole the orb from Star Lord, and they were chasing each other all over the place, and then this is the introduction to Rocket Raccoon and Groot. They were also trying to capture Star Lord, put him in that bag. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll so take your word for it. That was uh, that was the authorities that uh, remember they got arrested. Uh, Ry- uh, Charles C. Riley. Uh, came into play. And I thought that was at the end when he was talking about getting arrested. No, the, I mean this is the the light beam was basically them getting arrested because they were causing a ruckus in the in the little mall. Oh, that was okay. Wait, so let me go back. So, because I do have something about the mall. So I'm right. It was a mall. Um, yeah. What the fuck? Where are they now? Outdoor mall. That's my. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a little plaza. It's okay. a society. Uh, you know, you have to introduce societies to, to make the connection of, I guess, I don't know, a civilization. Okay. Um, the next thing I have is middle finger. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> there you go, Star-Lord. We all uh, are very familiar. Us geeks are very familiar with that scene when they're being processed by... Um, by the authorities and everybody, and this is a this is also another way to get to know the characters, and um, you know they're kind of booking them, like you know police booking them, and uh, they're against that that wall, and he starts doing his little middle right. finger thing. So, and that's probably so. What would that say about him? What, how would that get me to know his character? Idiot. That he, yeah, I mean, he's an idiot. He's just a, a goofball. He's, you know, he's, okay. uh, you know, and, uh, you know, towards the end of the film, you see a little bit of uh, character growth. He starts to really care about these uh, the girl, other idiots. The green girl. Right. And then everybody else, I mean, you know, they form they form this little group. Oh, you mean the raccoon? Right. 
Groot. See what I'm saying? <laughs> right. We're not like if we were talking about a dramatic film right now, we would be saying, "Oh, the, the mother and the son, right. the raccoon and the tree." Okay, gotcha. <laughs> um, okay, the next one was once again the song by Blue Suede, "Hooked on a Feeling." Fabulous song. What the hell did it have to do with what's his name, Star Lord? Now, granted, I still don't know that this music had something to do with his mother. Unless I'm missing something, I'm still not understanding how this music plays a role. So, Did you catch it at all during the movie, that the music was uh, important? There was one point, I think, where he said something to the green girl about my mom used to listen to this music or something, but it wasn't until closer to the end that I was, that I kind of was like, okay, I get it. Still, I think somebody involved with the film is into seventies music, but, um, anyway, so let's see. My next thing is yellow suits. Where are they? Who are these people? I didn't understand who all those people were in yellow. They were convicts. Yellow is the new orange. Oh, my God. Okay. Convicts for, like, what city or town or the, planet was that? Right. So they did have a what they call a, a graphics card um, when they arrived to this prison area. And uh, it's something that was on screen. And uh, they were arrested, so they went to prison. And this is the scene where they arrive. So you're, you're, you're nicely intimating to me... That, that I you weren't paying attention. <laughs> this card, and I should have known. Okay. Um, I did laugh when the big, built, muscly guy with the skin condition. <laughs> Drax. Okay. Said, why would I put my finger on his throat? And then Star-Lord went, no, it's a symbol. When he was doing oh, yes, the cut yeah. your throat thing. Right. Okay. I was like, ha! Okay, that was a funny moment. Okay. We got something out of you. We got good, something out of me. Good. Then I was like, oh my God, it's the Great Oz. <laughs> oh, wrong film. <laughs> when the head, the face appeared and the man started speaking. Oh, yeah. This this was, uh, so this is a different scene and it was, um, it was Ronan speaking to Thanos. Okay. <laughs> I thought that they missed a chance with the raccoon where it's slow motion. And I thought the raccoon was going to say, make my day. And he said something else. And I was like, oh, man, they missed a they missed a moment here. I and I don't that's, have anything written down. I think so. that's when when they were uh, attempting to their escape. And oh, uh, they threw the he caught the gun. Right. Yeah. And it was slow motion. Right. And I was like, make my day. Yeah. And, he, and he didn't say that. Um, oh, he good. went, oh, yeah. He goes, oh, yeah. And actually, they, if they did, if they went through with the oh, yeah, they should have, uh, I think it's a different genre of film, but uh, the uh, oh, yellow, or the yellow song, oh, yellow. Is it oh, yellow? Boom, boom. You're talking about Old Yeller, the dog? No, the song from, I think it's from the 80s. Oh, see, I don't, you know I don't when like he, the 80s. <laughs> Uh, my second podcast will be My Wife Hates, <laughs> Hates the, the 80s. 80s. <laughs> 80s music sucked. <laughs> All right. What do you got? What do you got? What else do you got? Um, the dialogue about the thesaurus. And then she says, 
she's going to die surrounding by the biggest idiots on the planet. Yeah. It is idiotic. <laughs> I, so I wanted to throw that in. Um, oh, so after that, Quill um, all of a sudden has his mask back on. Right? Okay. So, like, you see it in the very beginning, that opening scene. Then you don't see it for a while. Now, all of a sudden, he's got it on again, and he's, like, running, and this is going to be, like, a really big deal and everything. And I'm like, why doesn't he just keep it on through the whole film then? Like, what? I don't get it. What's the... It can only be on at certain times? Yeah, because it's it's a, it's a mask that supplies him with oxygen if he's in, in, in not in an atmosphere. Okay, how did you know that? Because at the you've beginning... you've seen the film 25 times. Well, no, because, you know, he puts it on at the beginning. He's on this, you know, uh, planet, whatever. Yeah. He arrives. Um, when he rescues the green girl... They're out in space, so he has to put it back on. Okay, I didn't pick up on that at all. Okay. And when she was dying in space, when she was freezing up and dying, yes. when he went out, right. he took he took his the mask and put it on her, and then you can hear her going. <gasps> I did see that, and that I could kind of get an idea, but this other time when he's got the mask on, I was thinking, well, why didn't he just, why hasn't he just worn it through the whole film so far? Um... The token subservient woman with pigtails. <laughs> That's all I'll say. That's the, uh, in the collector's scene, she is the, I guess, the servant of uh, Benicio del Toro's character. Oh, yeah. I He was like, I when I saw him, when he turned around, loved the way he looked. <laughs> yeah. Loved it. And Benicio, Toro, Benicio del Toro is uh, a great actor, and he does a lot of really quirky things in sci-fi, and... Uh, you know, he's really a, a hoot to watch. Yeah. So, and he does a lot of quirky things because nothing is real in sci-fi. <laughs> uh, there was a Bowie song thrown in there, so I was proud. Um, oh, we went over this, but I have What the Fuck, Where Are They Now, Outdoor Mall. Okay. So that if you wrote that the second time... Um, no, this was the first time I oh, wrote okay. it, but you were talking about the mall earlier, right, so gotcha. I had to search for it. Um, when she takes his Walkman, they're playing an Elvin Bishop song, which is one of the greatest songs of the seventies. Is that the, uh, the part where he's explaining to her about Footloose and they start to dance a little bit and she's like, you might be, it's the song I fooled around and fell in love. I fooled around and fell in love. Oh yeah. Um, and I was very impressed that that song was played. Um, so that's, that has absolutely nothing to do with sci-fi or the film, <laughs> but just like a moment, like a breath of fresh air for me <laughs> for, sure. for a quick second. That saved you a little bit. Okay, pelvic sorcery. <laughs> and this film is filled with uh, little... Uh, Gyrations? <laughs> little lines like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> then I have Benicio Del Toro, fabulous. Loved him. Um, okay. Really bad moment for me when... What's his name? Star-Lord? Quill? Peter Quill, yes. Says, there's a little pee coming out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, He was excited. He was excited. Come on, who 
wrote this? I can't stand those kind of stupid jokes. And I'm sure if we were in the theater, people would have been like, ah! <laughs> and laughing they were. there. See? <laughs> God. Oh, I can't stand that. Um, and you got to remember these movies are obviously summer blockbuster tentpole films that. Uh, you Ten- know, what do you mean by tentpole? They're. You're the second person that has asked me what tentpole is. Um, you know, benchmark, uh, whatever. Anyways, is it a marketing in- <laughs> term or? It's a it's a tentpole. Okay, it's a tentpole film. It's a it's a. I've never heard of that before. <laughs> Google it. Okay. Um. I have next. I have flying pods. Cool. Oh, okay. They remind me of those weird fish. I'm gonna have to look them up that I've seen on on some of those really cool ocean um, documentaries that we see. Those oh, like really... the deep sea. Yeah, fish, yeah. Like yeah. The anglers. I, thought they, I thought they were kind of cool. Um. Oh, I I I liked when Groot used his version of the Heimlich maneuver on the bald guy. <laughs> <laughs> when the bald guy was thrown into the yellow gook. Oh, yes. And then Groot used his finger and like a, a sword or something came out and it went into... His lung or yeah, something. Kinda yeah, kind of like to pump out the... And right. then he spit it out. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. That's that's sort of realistic. Um, rap- so let, let, me, let me ask you this real fast. Um you know, at this point in the film, based on your notes, you're starting to see, you know, a little bit of a relationship between all the characters and, you know, they start to kind of, you know, I guess care about each other. Um, obviously, Groot didn't have to save the, the big bald guy, but uh, but he did. What did you think of, you know, the, the, the relationship between all the characters, especially, you know, later on, we'll, we'll uh, obviously we'll probably dive into that but uh raccoon cries for Groot you know towards the end he's very upset that uh you know Groot's fate is what it was well that was surprising to me because the next note I have is raccoon needs to be more empathetic (laughs) 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 because he was really mean in that one scene right and was right right so but it's it's interesting that you're writing all this because you know I, I did mention um, character growth for Quill um, as the film goes along, and there is definitely character growth for Groot. Uh, I'm sorry for for Rocket uh, the Raccoon. He is a dick. They're all dicks, and um, because of I guess because of their adventure at this point, you know they start to kind of. You know, they, they care for each other. They become friends and stuff. See, here's the thing. It's like I, w- I want to start laughing at you, and I'm trying not to because I know how much this means to you, and I know that you can get teary-eyed talking about this stuff. I don't see the character growth. I can't even see their faces. They're not human beings. When it's an actor and there's not metal and paint and fake this and fake that all over their faces, it's so hard for me to see what you're talking about with character growth. So like I didn't, when when Groot did the 
in my opinion, Heimlich maneuver on the bald guy, I did not look at it as, oh, he's helping him. Like that didn't even occur to me because I'm so confused about who's with who. I couldn't even begin to tell you what, who's like on what side and who's fighting for who and who's grouping together. I didn't really get that until the very end when, when Groot grows a tree around everybody. That's when it hit me. Other than that, I kept looking at the clock and thinking (laughs) the, 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 you know, the music was so intense just now and the scene was incredible and the fighting was unbelievable. And now it's going to (laughs) end. And then it didn't. (laughs) And it's like, I just, it's hard to concentrate it's really hard. So I kept thinking, okay, he's telling me there's a story here. I've got to, I've got to understand the story. Um, I don't get the story. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. I get that this, the green woman and the odd robot sister <laughs> are siblings okay. and they don't like each other. And I get that um, – I keep wanting to call him Warlord – the Star Lord is going to hook up probably with the Green Woman, um, but I just could not keep up with who's who at all. Um, so my next thing is um, when the star- when Quill is saying, talking about having a heart to heart conversation and have normal lives, and I'm like, um, let me tell you something. <laughs> You can't really have a normal life when you're not normal. <laughs> so that was tough for me too. I'm like, what? That doesn't <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Now, here's where, and I mean, if you want to talk to your sci-fi people <laughs> and get this message out to the director and the writer, and and what Stanley passed away, right? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> Thank you. somebody from Appreciate this it. film, there was the perfect moment to insert the perfect song when somebody said, you're asking us to die? Do you remember when they said that? Yeah, they're in that circle and they're right? realizing that they probably need a plan and they're all right? going to die. Right. Insert Prince, I will die for you. Man! <laughs> perfect place for that song and i just was like waiting for it to happen it's not the 70s but man they screwed up there well let me ask you this you know that song is uh not the 70s would that have been out of place with the rest of the songs well see out of place meaning what i mean you know music is used to to enhance the message that's being sent right for the most part and these songs, to me, were just thrown in because a lot of people know them, and you older men are the ones that are watching these <laughs> sci-fi <laughs> films that, that remember the music from that era. Um, you know, to me, it's like, you know, well, you and I talk about, about this all the time. I'm always like, that song has nothing. Why do they use this song? And that's one of my pet peeves, as I've said probably 10 times already. So, no, I think that that Prince song would have been perfect there. I mean, it makes a lot more sense than some of the other songs that were played in certain parts of the film. But if the idea is that all these songs from the 70s are just that its music is mom played, 
then I get it. And that's exactly what it is. I was going to ask you um, what year the Prince song came out. Do you recall? Um, God, that was... Because his mother 19... died... Hmm. His mother died in 1988. If you remember the uh, scene at the very beginning, it said uh, the year. It said 1988. So whatever Peter Quill's mother collected as far as a kind of a hot mix tape, it had to have been, you know, obviously many years before that. Okay, let me just explain something to you. A hot mix tape? <laughs> okay, I'm just going to tell you that... A mixtape can be a bunch of different things. Um, a hot mix <laughs> tape, really hot mixes were really big in the 70s. Um, really when, um, uh, and the 80s, uh, into the 80s, when dance and, and house music um, was really big and popular. And hot mixes were also usually on um, black radio stations during lunch, you know, like a, an hour of hot mix music. Okay. Thank um, you. I would die for you. Um, let's look at the release date for that. And I'm sure that somebody out that's listening to this is like, I know when that is. 1984. Okay. So look, directors, how perfect would that have been? Okay. Uh, let's see. So, um, oh, I've got to point out another dumb um, line. It worked just like Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Kevin Bacon thing I don't get. Am I missing something? Did you uh, do you remember when they were on the on the ledge and he was explaining to Gamora the uh, significance as to why he had the Walkman? Because of the movie Footloose or something? No, because he had the Walkman because he listens to the music that his mother gave. Oh him. yes, okay. yes, yes. So again, just part of Quill's humor is to introduce these kind of like you know funky little pop culture things, and he's doing it to people that do, uh, don't live on Earth, so they don't understand what he's talking about. That's why. Um, but he doesn't live on Earth, does he? No, but he grew up on Earth. He was that was the little kid that was captured when oh. he was a little kid. So he knows about all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of using the pop culture references to explain certain things to these <laughs> to these aliens, to these green people. Gotcha. So the the reason that he you know, the way he explained dancing was because, you know, on his you know, in, in on his world there was a legend, you know, who went to a town that didn't dance oh, okay. and they had sticks up their butts. Right. And then, you know, the girl's like, you know, and they're being literal. He's like, well, who put these sticks up their butts? He goes, no, 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 that's not important. It's, right. Yeah. I thought they were doing some like six degrees of Kevin Bacon or something, that stupid game. That, right, yeah. right, right. No. Okay. Um, let's see. I loved Glenn Close's hair. <laughs> loved it. Yes. Oh, my God. I, I, first of all, she is the most amazing actress in the world. So I was really excited, but she had a small part. Um, One of the things about these films, too, especially in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there are some really heavy hitter actors that uh, throughout the course of the, like I said, the 22 films, 
more of these very serious actors have uh, taken roles in these films, and that's actually one of the reasons that they've become so, I guess, so phenomenally successful. They bring a certain realism. You've got Robert Redford in one of the Captain America movies. He plays the, the antagonist. He is... Obviously, it's Robert Redford. So if you have Robert Redford in a movie, it's it's going to be phenomenal. But he, is he in a monster costume or no. something? Oh, no. Okay. So, you know, again, just getting back to the actors. I mean, the actors kind of bring in a certain a certain element uh, of of you know of force. Uh, you talk about acting and stuff like that. You know, later on, and you know, there's different types of the sci-fi movies that are going to be that we're going to be watching. Um, but, uh, Whoopee. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, here's the thing, here's the thing about sci-fi. I mean, it, you know, I know the types of movies that you like and they're based in reality, but for me, like we live in reality. Why even like, why bother? You know, I, I like these sci-fi movies because they kind of f- like free your mind they allow us to kind of, you know, dream fantastical dreams and kind of like go into other worlds, um, you know, away from the, you know, the, the run of the mill things that we experience in real life. So that's why, you know, that's one of the reasons that people like sci-fi. I completely understand that. I just, it just doesn't do that for me. Sure. I don't know how to explain. It just, it, it, it does not take me to any... <laughs> fantastical area where i'm and i know know, like early on in our relationship we were watching this movie with johnny depp and i forgot i think it was the ninth gate yes yes and And that was in the beginning that was the very beginning it was like the the first 10 minutes right and then he started floating down the stairs and what did you say that's it i'm done (laughs) i'm out of here i can't take it you know, I mean, the other thing too is, like I said, I what I love about dramas is is the connection that you have to the same issues. You know, um, you you get to see other people that have similar issues to you, but when you're watching a film with amazing actors, it's just it's unbelievable. It's just such an incredible thing to me and and that does take me away too believe it or not sure no i get it. um so um the next thing i have is got sad when raccoon cried yeah so i did i was like okay you know what now he's got a little empathy um but here's the thing too i mean it's bradley cooper you didn't see his face but yeah. you're telling me yeah. that he cried yeah that you but cried. it's an animal it, Right. It's totally different. <laughs> I I mean, I love animal. I mean, it's you know what I'm like. Right. And you always say to me, you know, on TV when we're watching other films and like a horse falls and you're like it's not real. It's not real. <laughs> but to me, it's, it's like it looks like an animal, so I can't um okay, big pet peeve with the song Ooh Child. Um because you know how much I cannot stand when white people try to dance <laughs> <laughs> and try to like look like they've got soul and rhythm and he's like doing this kind of Saturday night night fever type of dance to a song 
that, you know, was written by a, a black group that danced so amazingly, choreographed dance, nothing like Saturday Night Fever. And we're talking specifically about towards the end, Star-Lord does a little dance in front yes. of, um, in front of, uh, what was his name? Do you remember his name? <laughs> Not, not, no, Xanadu. (laughs) Xanadu, exactly. (laughs) But uh, he was doing that to distract him. Yeah. Okay. But uh, But it was a distraction. (laughs) A big distraction. For you. For me. I'm like, oh my God, dude. Um, What do I have next? Oh, was it... um, was it he, him that, let's see, that I have here in quotes, said it yourself, bitch. We're the gardens <laughs> of the galaxy. Ha, 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 audience is going to laugh. Oh, man, they heard the word bitch. Woo! <laughs> Had to throw that in. They said bitch. <laughs> oh, man, he said bitch. So. <laughs> um, it's that- a big, big moment for Quill. Yeah, I guess so. Um, then I have Jesus. This isn't the end. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I kept on uh, looking over at you and your writing. And I, was <laughs> I know nervous. you were like, like, you looked so oh. nervous. I, I honestly felt bad for you. <laughs> you looked so uncomfortable on the couch. And then the poor cats, because I had to, you, you, I, three times I had to say, can you please lower the volume? They were flipping out. It was awful. Um, so then. There, then we see, um, um, what's her name again? Um, Glenn Close. And every time they say Novacor, I'm like, it's a pharmaceutical company. <laughs> Wait a second, totally. I might like this. <laughs> it's the uh, planet of the pharmaceuticals. Yeah. yeah. And then I thought, ooh, I could, I could be interested in this. <laughs> and then I'm like, no, 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 no. This is sci-fi. That's not what it is. Um, okay, then I have... I'll give you one thing for sure. You know, when you watch sci-fi, you really have to pay attention to the names because it's not like Bob or Joe or Frank. Right. The the names of, you know, not only people, but, you know, planets and locations and devices. He kept on calling his his spaceship uh, Milano. And because he grew up in, you know, because this kid grew up in the 80s, the reason he calls it um, Milano is because in the 80s, Alyssa Milano was a big star. And they called, um, and Peter Quill calls his ship Milano. Isn't there a cookie, a Milano cookie? That's yeah, what but I that, thought. No, it's oh. it's Alyssa Milano, and that's that's a known thing among oh okay. the fans. Oh, good for her. <laughs> um, now I have. I'm not sure why raccoon crying? Question mark. I'm not sure why I have that there. Well, towards the, I guess towards the end, after the distraction of, oh, baby, oh, child. Oh. Because um, he starts, okay. you know, he realizes that uh, Groot, you know, before oh, he was crying. Right, but right, now, right, right, right. Now right, Groot okay. is dead and he's holding the branch. Right. Okay. Okay. Um. Okay. My next thing is when, um, oh, and I love this actor too. What's his name? He's got two initials, and then Scott, is it Scott? Charles C. Riley. Yeah, Charles, yeah. He says, talking about how murder is illegal, and I'm like, okay, I just sat through people murdering each other, 
in the hundreds and thousands through this whole film. And now he's just talking to... Drax. Right, about murder. And I'm thinking, what? That's just a, You guys are killing... This is all you do is kill each other. It's like this constant... But you have to remember who's who he's talking to. The raccoon. No, he was talking to Drax. Who's Drax? Drax is the big, muscly guy with the skin condition. Oh, right. Because he asked him, what if I, you know... If somebody does me wrong and I rip out their... But he's he already murdered people throughout the film. Right. But I guess now at this point in the story... Oh, he's redeemed. He's not his... his Second chance. Right. His criminal record has... All of their criminal oh, records... Oh, it's been wiped. Right, has been expunged. Oh. And Riley's character is saying, from now on, be good so we don't arrest you again and shoot the beam at you and put you in the prison again. This is why everyone loves sci-fi. <laughs> Everything can be erased. <laughs> I get it now. Oh, my. No, honey, I didn't do anything bad the other night. <laughs> I'm expunged. I'm expunged. It's wiped clean. The slate is clean. Um, <laughs> oh, another moment where I thought, okay, it's another music thing. I mean, if they're going to you know, keep going on with this music and everything, would have been a perfect moment with the Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell song, one of the greatest songs ever. When the song starts and the camera you know, is starting to kind of close in on the green woman, when Tammy Terrell's line comes in and she starts singing, my love is a lot. I'm like, oh my God, they got to have the green woman sing that part. <laughs> Why the, didn't they do that? Because she's not from Earth. She doesn't know the song. Yeah, well, I just, again, think they missed a really, a great moment there where it just would have been, oh, God, that would have been the best. I would have liked to have seen your version of Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, would have been completely different. I just, you know, I mean, here's the thing. I don't really understand, because I don't watch anything unrealistic, I guess you could say, I don't really know what sci-fi is because as you said, when we started out this conversation, there's a lot of different, I've watched the X-Files and I liked that. Um, I haven't watched many other types of sci-fi and I guess I group everything as sci-fi. So I, I, I to me, it's like, ugh, forget it. I don't want to go see that. It's sci-fi. <laughs> and you know, I mean, this to me was definitely sci-fi. Sure. I just could not get into it. And there, yeah, there's there are definitely a lot of elements, you know, uh, sci-fi and fantasy and geek stuff. Uh, you know, real, I guess like real science fiction is stuff like the Martian Chronicles that um, has, you know, some basis in like serious uh, literary sci-fi writers like, you know, um, I'll name, you know, Isaac Asimov. Uh, Movies like iRobot that uh, have some like real scientific, you know, basis uh, Mm -hmm. to create the stories. You know, obviously this is a a comic book movie. It's a, you know, it's a sci-fi, you know, film based in in comic books and it's everything is fantastical, Um, you know, Later down the road, we'll, you know, maybe traverse on some of the more, I guess, realistic um, science-based sci-fi, uh, just so you can see the difference. Um, but, oxymoron. you know. Oxymoron. Oxymoron. There you go. There you go. 
but realistic uh, sci-fi. <laughs> realistic sci-fi. And there is. I mean, but here's the thing: you said there were 22 of these. 22 Mar- well, 22 Marvel movies. Oh, and you have to understand that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is not just these guys. It's uh, Spider-Man, Captain America. Uh, all the comic book heroes that you know. Spider-Man I like. That I can handle. Okay. So, uh, you know, in the future we'll do one of those. But uh, it's, um, you know, this happens in the same universe. It's uh, uh, something that happens, you know, I guess in the in the same realm, uh, so to speak. But um, overall, I mean, you know, like I said, I wanted you to enjoy, I guess, your first outing with this. Um, and I picked this film because of the music, for one. Yeah. Um, but uh, give me your overall thoughts on, on your experience. Um, nervous. Constantly watching the clock. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you, feeling horrible for you because you looked nervous. Um, wanting did. to go upstairs and get cookies really badly <laughs> <laughs> or chocolate. Um, and then my brain would say, pay attention. Remember that person's name. Remember the planet. You know, what are... Th- I just could not figure out who was who. Who was with who. Who was, you know... Who was fighting who? Oh, I couldn't figure out who are the guardians of what galaxy. I just was like, when am I going to figure that out? I don't even get it. So I I just, um, it was hard for me to watch. <laughs> well, thank you for watching the Guardians of the Galaxy. And there is, there is a part two. <laughs> oh, God. But, um... Is there really? We'll save that for uh, another time and another place in another In another universe. universe. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bad science fiction humor. I am Ro, a self-proclaimed geek, and my wife hates sci-fi. Isn't that right, honey? I can't stand it. Can't stand it. And you are a geek. (laughs) Thank And there you have it, our first episode. We hope you enjoyed it and had a laugh. Until next time when I subject my non-sci-fi loving wife to more sci-fi on My Wife Hates Sci-Fi. <laughs> <laughs>